excited to be here this morning. If you don't know by now, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> there is no substitute. There is no half and half. You can't get a Gucci, a Gucci, a Michael Kor, a Michael, whatever you want to call it. There's only one kind. His name is Jesus. You can try all other kind of keys to get inside that door. I'm going to tell you, you can be a lock, a, a lock, a pick and pop perfectionist, but you can't get in that door without that key. And there's only one key to get into the kingdom of God. And his name is Jesus. Oh, say it like you mean. And his name is Jesus. Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, if this is your very first time visiting with us here at Ignite Depot, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the depot, where our goal is to always ignite life and purpose within our generation. Glory to God. Now, at Ignite, you will do three things. You will, one, you will know God. Two, you will discover your purpose. And three, you will lead your generation. You will lead your generation. You know what, Emma? I don't know what was going on with you this week, but I was praying for you this week. In fact, I called your name out in the middle of the night in prayer. And I'm like, who is Emma? And then she brought, oh, Emma. Yeah, 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 Emma, Emma, yeah. Yeah. So God has a purpose and a plan for your life. So here you're going to know God discover your purpose, and you will lead your generation. You know, it says in Acts chapter 3 how David served his generation. He served his generation in the name of Jesus. Whew, I am on fire. So we ain't even going to waste no time with it this morning. Take your seat in the presence of the Lord. Turn to your David and say, man, I'm so glad to see you. Man, turn to your other neighbor and said, I'm so glad to see you. Turn to your other neighbor and said, Happy Canada Day. You made it. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, Canada Day. We had our first experience with real Canada Day festivities this past. It was pretty nice. We was down at the parliament and everything. It was it was really nice. Glory to God. But if, if you're in the States, happy Independence Day to you in the name of Jesus. Now, if 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 you if you haven't already been online and you haven't don't already know, we're actually in a 31-day uh, prayer and fasting time uh, with a group of uh, pastors and churches around the city of Ottawa. And actually, we had someone over in Africa heard about what it is what we wanted to do, we were doing, and he jumped into it, the water as well. And the purpose of it is is for consecration, for preparation. For the manifestation and we're going to talk about it this morning now we actually have prayer time uh every midnight for one hour we have prayer at from 6 uh, a.m to 6 30 a.m and then from 12 noon to 12 30 and let me tell you each session it builds it builds it builds it builds and then on Saturdays we meet together uh all the pastors and their leaders come together collectively and we just have a hallelujah shout and good time in prayer and it was set off yesterday and we're going to meet again next Saturday in Jesus name so if you like more information about it just reach out to us at info at uh, ignitedepot.com info at ignitedepot.com we'd love for you to join us on this journey because this is a move 
I'm saying this is a move. You say, how do you know it's a move? When you hear this message today, you're going to realize this is a move. So, but as I will say, you hear me say all the time, buckle up, buttercup, because we about to dive into the deep end. In Jesus' name. Good to see you, Wim. My, that's my man, Wim. That's my, that's my role. That's my partner back there, Wim. He's gonna, he my, Wim is going to be my MOD, my minister of defense. Where I go, Wim going to roll with me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Whew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Emma, just lift your hands up like that. Lift your hands up like that. And say, I receive, I receive the, anointing, the anointing, the grace, the mantle, the mantle to serve my generation. And serve my generation well, I will do. In Jesus' name. Amen. See, see. Oh, not yet. I'll tell you after the service. Glory to God. I better yet. June will tell you after the service. Glory to God. Woo! If you, ooh, ooh, if you knew. <clears throat> we make this declaration over you right now in the name of Jesus. We make this declaration in accordance to the word of God, and we're going to jump right into the deep end. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. To preach good tidings unto the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the open of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. Said, that's me. Each person say, that's me. See what I'm, yes, sir. He says, when, when I'm giving you in words to say, he says, say what it is that I say so that I, he can bring those things to pass in your life. He says this, he says, he says, he goes on to say this. He says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they, say, that's me. They will build the old waste, and they will raise up the former desolations, and they will repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Say, hey, that's me. See, all this is, see, God never gives you the anointing for no reason. The anointing, the spirit of God, the power of God, the grace of God that's on your life is for service. It's for service. So he's not just giving, he's not filling you with the Holy Spirit and, and having you go out just so you can have goosebumps. Ooh, I felt the spirit mood. Ooh, that's just, that's not, that's not deep. That's creepy. Ooh, because people say all the time, I'm spiritual. I'm like, yes, I know I can see it right now. And I come out of it in the name of Jesus. Right? The anointing is for service. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the anointing. Is for service. Turn to the other neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't think you heard what I said. The anointing is for service. Whose service? God's service. The anointing is for God's service. God told me to tell you, you can't even imagine all the things he has in store for you. Your little mind could not even comprehend all the plans and purposes that God has in store for you. 
Say, I'll take that. All the plans and purposes God has for you. He says in accordance to a second. Oh, I got to pray. Sorry. Oh, I don't want you got to watch me. I was almost out there and running around the corner. Father, we thank God and praise you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity in your word. Father, let our preaching and teaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom. Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, have your way. Continue to move up and down each and every hour. Touch each and every person. Touch each and every household. We believe we receive miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're looking at my shirt and you see the F and the F, some people will say it's fast and furious, but I'll tell you what it is. It's focused and fired up. Focused and fired up. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Because if you don't get focused, it doesn't matter how fired up you are. If you get, if you're not focused on what it is you're supposed to do, it doesn't matter how fired up you get. You could, you'll just be a person with a whole lot of zeal. But you don't want nothing to do with it. You'll just be running around in circles like a like a dog chasing his tail. You ever seen a dog chasing his tail? He's moving a lot. He's is he's he's determined to catch that tail, but that joker never will. He said it's the same thing when it comes to somebody who is fired up about something, but they they're not focused enough to know what it is they're supposed to be doing. He says, but not after the day, because y'all gonna know. In Jesus' name. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this. When God says you can't even imagine the things he has in store for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. It reads as follows. Just as it is risen, written, things which eye has not seen and ears have not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man, all the things that God has prepared. You know that word has prepared is past tense, meaning it's already done. It's already done. He says, all, he says, your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, neither even entered into your heart, all the things that God has prepared for who? Those who love and reverentially fear him. So God is saying, I got all these things prepared for those who love and reverentially fear me. Then you might say, well, how in the world, if God has all these things already prepared for me, how am I going to find out what those things are? I'm so glad you asked that question because I got an answer for you. He has an answer for you. He says, for to us, in verse 10, God has revealed them. What them? The things that he has prepared for us. How did he do it? Through his Holy Spirit. You mean the same Holy Spirit that, that when you receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, uh, moves on the inside of your spirit? Absolutely. So you have what we call the CIA, the Central Intelligent Agent, living on the inside of you. He's better than any kind of GPS. I actually call him the GPS means the God positioning system. He will always position you where you're supposed to be if you allow him to.
That's the Holy Spirit. So God is saying, your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't even heard. It hasn't even entered into your heart all the things that God has already prepared for you. For those who will love him and reverentially fear him, he says, but they have been made available to you, revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me those things God has prepared for me because I love him. That's the qualifier. You have to love him and reverentially fear him. He says, but all the stuff has already been prepared for you. Already. I said already. Did y'all hear that part? It's already done. You ain't waiting on it. It's, it, it, it's, it's like, back in the day, they used to have this store called Kmart. I don't know if y'all ever had that here, Kmart. And they used to have this thing, you know, other than the blue light special. Everybody remember the blue light special? But they always, they also had this system called layaway. And it's like, you go pick the stuff and you put it in layaway and you pay on it a little bit. Y'all may not know this because, you know, y'all deep and rich. But uh, back to other people, they would have to pay on their layaway until they was able, they paid enough to be able to get it out. But guess what? The stuff was there all along. God says the same thing here. He says, all your stuff is sitting on the shelf waiting on you to receive it it's already your plans i have for you already made purposes i have for you already established things i would have you to do already there your healing your deliverance your prosperity your health your wealth your family already made available to you all you have to do is receive it are y'all with me so far are y'all still interested shall i go on i'm glad you said yes because i was going on anyway now we talked about this last week, how you are a what? Minister of reconciliation. It's not like you are going to be made one in the sweet by and by. Can I tell you something? You won't need to have uh, the anointing on you when you get to heaven. Why? Because you don't have any burdens that need to be removed or yokes that need to be destroyed. When do you need the anointing? Now. You need the anointing now. You need the anointing to be a husband. You need the anointing to be a wife. You need an anointing to be a mother. You need the anointing to be a father. You need the anointing to be a doctor, a lawyer, a trash can work. It don't matter what you are doing. You need God's miracle working power upon you. Now, he said this last week in according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, so it's a little bit more wordy. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he or she is a new creation, a new creature altogether. Say, that's me. The old. Now, I want y'all to I want y'all to really take a deep breath and take this one in. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away we use that same term when somebody when somebody dies we said what do we say so and so passed away what does that mean that thing is dead how many how many y'all ever went to a home going or a funeral seen somebody in a casket was a loved one you're gonna miss them so what did you do when you're on your way out you picked them up threw them over your shoulder and walked out with it how many y'all ever done that 
None of y'all. So why do we do that on church? Why do we do that on Sunday mornings? You come before the Lord. The Lord wants to make the great exchange. He wants to take, give you his new and take your old. And you're like, okay, I'll take your new, Lord. But let me throw that backpack of depression. Let me throw that backpack of guilt and condemnation. Let me throw that backpack of who I used to be, what I used to do. Man, I told y'all before, that old uh, Milt Jones, that joker was trying to kill me, that fool was. But you know what? When he died, I went to his funeral. It was beautiful. Y'all should have seen the flowers. When that joker died, he will never, that old man will never resurrect again. So he says, when you, when you hook up or connect with or engraft with Christ, you become a new creation. Old things, every old thing. Now, if you grew up down south like I grew, they'd be like, you know, when I when I got saved, everything was new, and my toe was too. No, if you went to the altar with a bunion on your foot, unless you receive a supernatural healing, when you take your shoes off, that bunion is still there. If you still had a mole on your face, when you went down to the altar, guess what? That joker is still there. He's not talking about your external. He's talking about the internal, the real you. Your spirit has been made new. He says, all that old stuff. You know, when you get saved for real, for real, it's hard to sin. I mean, you can still sin, but it's hard because it just feels like, it, it's just, I just don't, it don't feel right. I mean, you know, you might've been doing the exact same thing last night and you try to go back and do that same thing again. I just don't, I feel so filthy. Why? Because you have new, it's like if you get a new outfit, right? You get a new outfit and you ain't had it on five minutes and you get something on it. You like, oh man, that's the same way it is once you get born again and your spirit is brand new, but your outer man, your body still has to be, that joker still going to want to do the, its own thing. You got to train it like a little child. You got to keep that thing under control. The old man has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. He goes to verse 18 and says, but all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled to us to himself. In other words, he received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself and gave to us the ministry, the ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed. Okay, y'all, I'm going to say that again because some of y'all might have been asleep. Your ministry of reconciliation is word and deed. It's not enough just to talk. It's not enough just to pray. You got to do some stuff. You got to do some stuff. I said you got to do some stuff. Thank you, buddy, for that one amen in this church. The glory to God. You got to do some stuff. Man, I'm an amen myself, glory to God. You got to do some stuff. He's, why? He says that we might aim to bring others into harmony. In other words, just like you came into harmony with God, you came in right standing with God through word and through deed, you will be restoring others back into that same reconciliation. Y'all remember when y'all first got saved? Y'all would tell everybody about Jesus. If they even made eye contact with you, if they walked past you, if they bumped you by accident, boom, you wanted to hear about Jesus. Is that why you bumped into me? Glory to God. Hey, I, 
You got a second? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what he did for me. Man, I used to be crazy in the mud. I used to do this and I used to do this. And then suddenly, one day, whoo, sin, one day, all of a sudden, man, he met me on that dock. He said, I got a way out for you. I said, okay, I'll take that. And all of a sudden, something went off on the inside of me and I ain't been the same since. Right? Y'all remember y'all was acting like that? But then y'all got a little word in y'all. Did you bump into me, you peasant? You sinner, did you get some sin? Your sin filth on me? That is not the way it's supposed to be. You supposed to be that poop. <laughs> you wanna hear about Jesus? <laughs> he bumped into me on my way, what man, I was on my way to the club. I'm gonna, can I tell y'all something? I'm gonna tell y'all, I'm gonna tell you how cool God is, how awesome God is. One day I was in, what was I at, dollar store? One day I was in a dollar store and God had been dealing with me about, cause I used to like this candy called turtles. So one day I was, I used to like these turtles, right? So I was walking in the dollar store. This is how, this is how cool God is. I was on my way, I had turtles on my mind and I was walking down that aisle, right? And as I was got closer to it, I was getting ready to reach for it, Reed. He said, if you don't put that down, I know something. I'm like, what? It was so funny to me that God would be that concerned about me eating that food. He, and this is why he says, because those are not, they don't make that out of the same thing they used to. I'm like, God is concerned about me eating some turtles? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. You know what I did? As I chuckled, I put those things back and I walked away and I told Juan, I don't know why it was so funny to her, but uh, she laughed, but God is concerned about the smallest things. So, so what do we do? We had an opportunity later on to minister to somebody. I know how we did it. We talked to this about this story right here, about the turtles. We actually ministered to somebody about that Easter, uh, the resurrection message we had for Good Friday, submit, commit, and uh, resist, ministered to my neighbor about it, and he got it. Then, y'all remember last week we talked about the lady who I, we would go out of our way to say hello to? But we saw her, I saw our daughter yesterday when I was walking Maximus. Maximus is famous. And we walk in this dog and all of a sudden she's like, you know, is he afraid of my car? And I'm like, no, he's not afraid of your car. He just looked because he don't know who you are. And, uh, and, and she's like, oh, well, we know, I know you. I'm like, how you know me? I mean, you know, I, uh, she said, because the neighbors, the one who I told him about the submit, uh, commit, submit, commit, and resist. He told them who we were. I'm like, only God can make you famous in your neighborhood and you never even talk to the people other than saying hello. What caused it to happen? Word, deed, word, deed. Did y'all see the connection? Word and deed. So we're doing our wedding too, just so y'all know. They asked us to do their wedding. I'm like, glory to God. I'm like, I won't walk in the dog. Hey, you a date? Yeah. Man, we want to get married. Will you marry us? When? He said, it's not until like June, July time, sometime. He said, is that good for you? I said, man, I can marry you by tonight. I mean, what's up? My part don't change. You know, word, deed, 
words and deeds. It's not just words. It's not just deeds. It's words and deeds. That's how you disciple. Now, it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against them. So God is not mad at you. Did y'all hear me? God is not mad at you. He's not holding your trespasses against you. Why is he not holding your trespasses against you? Because if you receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, you realize Jesus has already taken care of all that. Have you ever heard somebody say this? Let me get my life right first, and then I'll come to God. I used to say that foolish issue. Then I got this revelation. If I could get my own life right, what would I need God for? Duh, you need God. I don't care how. I told somebody that the other day. You can go to every, every program known to man, and you can do the, the 12 steps. But if you don't un understand that the first step, you got to realize that you got a problem. You, oh, that's good, Lord. He said, you got to admit that you have a problem. See, everybody else around you can see you got a problem. But if you don't acknowledge the fact that you have a problem, you won't look for the solution. Wow. When I was crazy, I made all kinds of excuses for my craziness. Can I, can I tell you this, Jerry? I used to date and I didn't know, cause I didn't know how to love. I didn't really date right. And then one day, some, uh, I think the father was like, you know, do you see the, what is the common factor with all those relationships? It was easy for me. They are crazy. <laughs> but he says, no, the common factor in all of them is you. See, sometimes we're looking for the solution and the problem is a lot closer than what we think. Mm -hmm. Do y'all see that? Ooh. So I told this individual, man, you can go to every program known, known to man. You can go from one side of the country to the other. Guess what? If you don't get honest with, with you and God, you, nothing's going to change. They didn't want to hear that, but they knew it was the truth. So what did they do? They got honest with them and with God. And that's where the journey started. So there's no condemnation if that's what's happened to you or happening to you right now. But God is saying, I can't help you until you get honest with yourself and admit you got a problem. People will never seek your Jesus until they realize there's a problem. Right now, they think they got the answer to the solution. I got money, I got health, I got this, I got that, I got this, I got that. And God says, all those things will pass away. And you will still have that same problem when he's already sent the solution to take care of that problem. He says, I reconciled you back to myself, not holding your trespasses against you. And he says, I'm saying this to my ministers of reconciliation. I'm committing to you the message of reconciliation of the restoration to favor. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal to the world through you and I. 
God is making his appeal to the world through you and I. As if, if it were through us, we are not going to be. We are not in a sweet by and by. We are not after Sister Pray right lays hands on you, at brother slap you down, slaps you down with anointing. You are now, if you are in the body of Christ, an ambassador of Christ, Christ's personal representatives. He says, I beg you for his sake to lay hold on the divine favor. This is what we're supposed to be going to tell other people. Hey, man, God ain't mad at you. He loves you so much. He sent Jesus to take care of every situation, circumstance you got going on in your life. All it takes is a decision on your part. And he'll do, and he will, that will be the starting point. That's not the finishing line. People think that once you pray that prayer of salvation, man, whoo, I got fire insurance, but let me help you out. If, if you really want to know if you say for real, for real, you got to start walking it out. It's like a baby. You mothers know if y'all pop a baby out, and it's like, there you go, big fella. Eat well and be prosperous. And then leave that baby there, that baby will die. Why? No nurture. That baby won't mature. There's no cultivating it. There's no training. So why do you think you can get born again and don't get trained? Why do you think you can get born again and not learn how to live this life? I mean, anybody, if you, when you was a hellion, did, you did that well. You didn't, need to, you didn't have to go to class for that because you had that nature on the inside of you. But when you get born again, receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, you're receiving a new nature on the inside of you, one you've never seen before. It's kind of like, nope, I almost said it, but I'm not because I got to go home today. So I'm not going to say it. Now, if I'm a minister of reconciliation, I'm God's ambassador. He's making his appeal to the world through me, through you. God says, I'm calling you all to action. Why is he calling us all to action? He says this in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. He says, for whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved, healed, delivered, made whole, protected, defended. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he asked this question. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? At word preacher is a minister or proclaimer. How they're, how they're going to be able to believe on somebody they have never even heard about. And how they're going to be able to hear about, uh, believe on them if no, they've never heard and nobody's out there saying anything. Remember, word and deed. Word and deed. He says this, he says this, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? So last week, God anointed you and you were sent out into the world as ambassadors of Christ on your job, in your neighborhood, in your houses, in your family, over Canada Day to be a representative for Christ, to, to call people 
back into right relationship with God. Do y'all see that? Are y'all with me so far? All right. Now, he says this, just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. So even though you're going to go out there and you're going to be proclaiming the good news about how rest, God is not mad at you. He's already restored you back into himself through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All you got to do is believe on him and you shall have eternal life. You, you're, you shall be saved, healed, delivered, made whole and complete. But even though all those things are possible, everybody's not going to believe it. Is it your responsibility for everybody to believe? No. No. What's your responsibility? To speak it. And so many people have gotten that wrong. Man, I'm not, because the adversary will tell you, you are not effective. You might as well shut your mouth. Don't nobody want to hear nothing you got to say. I don't even want to hear nothing you got to say. Guess what? Of course you don't want to hear if you got to say, because every time you preach the gospel or the good news of the kingdom of God, guess what happens? He takes a, bow, a right hook to his eye. And you're tearing down his kingdom. Now, God said this this morning. One of the biggest reasons why so many people, even in the body of Christ, are not doing what it is he told them to do, he said, because of their indifference towards the word of God. They're indifferent towards it. Eh, maybe I believe it. Maybe I don't believe it. Eh. That word indifference simply means a state in which the mind is not inclined to one side more than the other. Ah, maybe I believe it. Maybe I don't believe it. Indifference. Because of their indifference. He says in Matthew chapter 6, 24, he says, no man can serve two masters. He says, for either you, you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one, and that word despise means lightly esteem it you will lightly esteem the other you cannot serve god and serve at the altar of mammon mammon is a spirit mammon is 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 wrong relationship with wealth wrong relationship with money you say how do you know somebody has a wrong relationship oh that's good lord okay when someone doesn't understand that there's the kingdom of god is, is available. They would do anything to get money. Even to the point where they'll sell themselves because they're serving at the altar of money. They will, they will, now, June and I was talking about this on the way here. You have people now that you can get, in, in Canada, you can get 25% people in the church now, right? You have people who will drive an hour to work every day but won't drive 20 minutes to church once a week. Why? They don't see it as valuable. There's nothing, they don't see anything tangible on the other end of it. And God says, you are looking at already wrong, all the way wrong, because what you can get on Sunday by coming to hear the word 
will help you to far exceed what you could do seven days a week to the point where you go from working for somebody else to having people come work for you. See, money is a tool. Money can buy you medicine, but it can't buy you health. Money can buy you love for a night, but it can't buy you a, a, a strong relationship. Money can buy you a house, but it can't buy you a home. Money meet, answers a lot of things, but money doesn't answer everything. Do y'all see that? But if you are indifferent towards where the word of God is concerned, then it won't phase you one way or another. Do y'all see that? So when you hear somebody say, you are a minister of reconciliation, you have been called as an ambassador of Christ to go and, and make God's, make his appeal to the world through you. And how are they going to be able to believe on somebody they haven't even heard about? And how are they going to hear if you are not, as a preacher, have never been sent? That's not my call. I'm an intercessor. I just praise. You know, can I tell you something about the Marine Corps? Emma, when I was in the Marine Corps, in the Marine Corps, everybody has an initial military occupational skill, which is infantry. Now you might go on to, I mean, I went on to drive tanks and my boy was a sniper and all kinds of stuff, but your, your baseline foundational job is infantry. Regardless, you could be a type, you could be a, uh, typing on the typewriter, Dr. Jerry, or you could be an officer, you could be a medical officer. But guess what? The initial training of infantry is what everybody receives. He says it's the same thing in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, your, your initial job title, regardless of whatever it is you are called to do, is to make disciples. to make disciples, to represent the kingdom of God, to help to be God's hands and arms and mouthpiece in the earth to make his appeal to the rest of the world. Do y'all see that? Do y'all believe that? It's in your Bible. Whether you believe it or not, it's the truth. Why would you spend time on Sunday morning to teach the, a basic like that to the body of Christ? I'll tell you, because God says they're not doing it. It doesn't matter if you know it. The question is, are you doing it? Now, as y'all know, we've been on this 31 days of prayer and fasting. Yesterday, yesterday, morning at 6 a.m., which was the third day. This, we was in prayer. And after, afterwards, we had a meeting on, on site from 10 to 12. And one of the pastors was sharing that she, that she seen this vision and said people on the call, who was on that call at 6 a.m., should have seen this vision. But I'm sitting there and I, see, I knew what she was talking about, but this is, I had an open vision of this. And this is what it said. He says, and this is what I'm saying. So I'm writing this down yesterday. I saw in the spirit yesterday that there were a multitude of tents 
lined up in a row on every side. And suddenly the tents, all those multiple tents became one great tent. And the walls of the tent were open on every side. And there was a mighty cry that came from the tent that said, come unto the Lord for the table is set for the wedding supper. And the spirit of the Lord says, come. And the bride says, come. And then there was a mighty outpour of my spirit. And as many as who would come, came and sat at the dinner table of the Lord. For the bridegroom is ready to come. It's not, he's not getting ready. He's ready to come. And he says, let them who have ears, let them hear. Now, the tent was always separate. Those small individual tents represented churches. And all those individual tents went away and they became one big church. And from those, from that church, that united church, came the word come. And it's the only word that kept coming through, come. And it wasn't a, it was a come, like I'm calling you, I'm calling you, I'm calling you. And as many as who would come. He says, that's what this uh, consecration or preparation for the manifestation is all about. I'm uniting. I'm tearing down old walls. I'm tearing down old belief systems. I'm turning down all those things that have been used to divide you. And you're going to come together. And you have one message. Come. Come. Because the bridegroom is ready. Then he says, there's, he says, he says somebody's going to say this. How do you know that he's talking about me? I'm glad you asked that question. Turn over to Luke chapter, six, uh, Luke chapter 14. Verse 16. Hallelujah. We've got a couple more minutes and we're going to be done. Luke chapter 14, verse 16 says this. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Jesus replied with a parable, but when Jesus showed, what he showed me yesterday, he said that was not a parable. He says, that's what's going on in the spirit realm right now. He says this, a man invited many to join in him in a great feast. When the day for the feast arrived, the host instructed his servant to notify all invited guests and tell them, come, for everything is now ready for you. But one by one, they all made excuses. One said, I can't come. I just bought some property and I have to go and look it over. Another said, please accept my regrets, for if I just purchased, 
five teams of oxen and I need to make sure they can pull the plow. And another one said, I can't come because I just got married. The servant reported back to the host and told them of all their excuses. Whew, okay, I got it, yeah. The master became angry and said to his servant, go at once throughout the city and invite everyone you find, the poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting, and the lonely, invite them to come to my banquet. When the servant returned to his master, he said, sir, I have done what you asked, but there's still room for more. So the master told them, all right, go out again. And this time, bring them all back with you. Persuade the beggars on the street, the outcasts, even the homeless, insist that they come in and enjoy the feast so that my house will be full. Jesus said, I say unto you all, no one who receives an invitation to the feast with me and makes excuses will ever enjoy my banquet. Did y'all hear that? He's saying, come. You said, give you one more reference. I will. Thank you. Thank you so very much, Andrea. Appreciate your attention. Revelation chapter 22. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 says this. I'm reading out of Passion Translation. Behold, this is Jesus talking. Behold, I am coming quickly. I bring my reward with me to repay everyone according to their works. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the completion. Wonderfully blessed are those who wash their robes white so they can access the tree of life and enter the city of bliss by its open gates. Those not permitted to enter are outside. Who are not permitted to enter? The malicious hypocrites, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, murderers, idolaters, and every lover of lies. But I thought you said God's not holding that against them. He's not. If you accept the, 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 the gift that paid for all that stuff, he's not holding your sin against you. But you have to re redeem the purchase gift that was made available to cover all of your sins. And his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I sent my angel to you to give you this testimony to share with the congregation. I am the bright morning star, both David's spiritual root and his descendant. Come, says the Holy Spirit and the bride in divine duet. Let everyone who hears this duet join them in saying, come, let everyone gripped with spiritual thirst say, come, and let everyone who craves the gift of living water come and drink it freely. Come, I testify to everyone who hears the, the prophetic words of this book 
if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone subtracts from this prophetic words of this book, God will remove his portion from the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. What's the word? Come. Come. He's saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Come. I need you to come. I want you to come. Come. Last scripture, and we're closing. Second Timothy chapter two. Thank you, Jesus. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 14. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. This is Paul writing to Timothy, but these are also instructions that God has given unto you. Be committed to teach the believers all these things when you are with them in the presence of the Lord. Instruct them to never be drawn into meaningless arguments or tear each other down with useless words that only harm others. Always be eager to present yourself before God as a perfect and mature minister without shame as one who correctly explains the word of truth. And avoid empty chatter and worthless words for they are simply, they, for they simply add to the irreverence of those who converse in that matter. For the words of Heminus and Philiptus are like gangrene. They have already spread their poison to many. They are lost to the truth and teach gross error when they teach that the resurrection of the dead has already passed. So he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you got to guard against this stuff. You have to know how to rightly divide the word of truth. So if he said you got to rightly divide the word of truth, that means you have the ability to wrongly divide the word of truth. See, I told the same person I was talking to y'all about, about, about going to a hundred different uh, programs. It's, it's the, it, the, the problem is not the program. The problem is it, you, you're like a dog on a leash. As long as you on that leash, you do what it is you're supposed to do. It's once you get let off that leash and you don't remember to do the things that you've already been taught, then guess what? You go back and you find yourself in trouble again. I said, I have the same situation going on in church. We teach people the word. Line upon line, precept upon precept, as clear as you can be. But I can't do the word for them. Somebody tells me they got a situation. The first thing I say is, what did the word tell you to do? Did you do it? That's, it, it, it my, my counseling sessions are easy. You got 13.5 minutes. 13 point, is it 13.5? 13.5 minutes to talk about your issue. 
then we have 46.5 minutes to talk to you about the solution. You're not going to be, uh, 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 cut it out. If we focus more on the problem than you focused on the solution, you're going to stay in that same problem. So you got to rightly divide the word of truth. He says, they, he's talked about those other two. They are lost of the truth and teach gross error when they teach that the resurrection of the dead has already passed. Do you know people are teaching that today? Do you know people are teaching today that everybody's already saved, so you don't need to go to church, you don't need to receive Jesus? People teach that you don't need to go to church because, you know, I have my own relationship with the Lord, and, and he just gives me positive energy. He just creepy. That's not true. You have famous, they, the world calls them famous people, say there's all kind of ways to God. That you, there's not just one. So you're like, I'm not sure what book you're reading. There's only one way to God. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Now, it goes on to say this. It says, they are guilty, talk about those other two guys, they are guilty of subverting the faith of some believers. And what do they do? They cause some people's faith to, to unearth. They uprooted them. Why? Because they were spitting this false doctrine. But the firm foundation of God has written upon it these two inscriptions. The Lord God recognizes those who are truly his. God recognizes those who are truly his and everyone who worships the name of the Lord Jesus must forsake wickedness. What is wickedness? Twisted thinking. He says, in a palace, you find many kinds of containers and tableware for many different uses. Some are beautifully inlaid with gold or silver, but some are made of wood or earthenware. Some of them are used for banquets and special occasions and some for everyday use. But you, you must not see your life and your ministry this way. Your life and ministry must not be disgraced. For you are to be pure container of Christ and dedicated to the honorable purposes of your master. So prepare for every good work that he gives us to do. So regardless of, there's different kind of containers, but you're, there's, containers of honor and there are containers for dishonor. You must present yourself as a, as a container of honor for special uses. How, how do you do that? By keeping yourself pure. Keep yourself from wicked ways of thinking, rightly dividing the word of truth, understanding that Jesus has already gave you your marching orders. 
come. Come. And though everybody won't receive what it is that you're saying, it doesn't excuse us from the fact that that's what our basic military occupational skill in the kingdom of God is. We make disciples and we say, come, because we're ministers of reconciliation. That's what we're called to do. So all these, all this preparation work we're going through over these next uh, 27 days of prayer and fasting is to prepare us, to position us so that, and a lot of us are hearing stuff from God now on adjustments we need to make. Can I tell you, can y'all give me two minutes to tell you, give y'all this word to the Lord that he gave me out? Oh, okay, I know, thank you. Thank y'all so very much. He says this, Proverbs chapter three, five through six says, if you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, don't lean, rely on, depend on your own understanding, but in all your ways, every step and every decision, acknowledge or inquire of God and he will surely direct and lead you in the way you should go. He says, I did not say, wait until it makes sense to you or for you to reason and rationalize it in your own mind and understanding. But to lean on, depend on, trust in me and I will show you the way to go because I know all the factors involved and you only have a limited understanding of what's really going on. He says, you don't know people's motives or intentions, so how can you make your own way? He, ooh, that's good, Lord. He says, a man may plan his way, but it's the Lord who directs the steps. The path of a good man is ordered by the Lord, so stop trying to Figure everything out before you do it and stop comparing what I did in one season with one group to what I'm doing in this new season with another group. Simply hearken to my voice and my word and I will direct your path. I will direct your path in the way you should go. Did you know just because situations appear to be similar on the surface does not mean they are truly similar. Yeah. He says this. He said, no two situations are exactly the same. So if you're responding here, the way someone else responded there, you can get two very different results. So I'm so I'm telling you, stop comparing your situation to everyone else's in city, in your city, in your nation, around you. So I'm doing a new thing and you will miss it if you're not willing to turn. Just because you say it with your mouth 
doesn't mean that you, that's what you mean in your heart. I need people who will hearken to my voice and my word, which I will give them and do it my way, not the way they reasoned in their own mind and heart. He said that earlier this week. That's before I got the rest of this stuff. So what is he telling us? Get out of your head. Get out of your head. Acknowledge him in all your ways, in everything, even for what it is you're going to put on, even for what, how you're going to come to church, even on how you're going to go to work, even on how you're going to do that job. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He said, I'll direct your path. But if you are reasoning and rationalizing in your own mind, just because somebody else did it that way, then that's the way I'm supposed to do it. Or just because somebody else said that, then that's what I'm supposed to say. It doesn't mean that because you don't know all that God told them to do before they did what they did. You think you know, you don't. Because most of the time when they tell you their testimony, they tell you the high points. They don't tell you all the ins and outs that they had to go to before they got to that point. And plus, you're not dealing with the same people they're dealing with. So stop. 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 Because God is so, being so clear on, on the prayer sessions that you are either going to do it his way or you're not. You're either all in his way or you're all out in your own way. But there is no gray. There's no gray. You know, the first thing that God taught us during this week was something we were talking about uh, last week before service is people had gotten so complacent with being at home that they stopped, they didn't even enter into God's, uh, he gave us a protocol on how to enter to his gates for Thanksgiving and to his course with praise, worshiping him, honoring him, glorifying him, and we just come at God any old kind of way. Man, you know, God, man, you know, I'm sleepy, man. You know what, God, I ain't got the man eight. I just got, I need to give you my grocery lip and then I got to dip. God, like, man, uh -uh, I'm not no genie in the box. Julian was watching that movie Aladdin. He rubbed that bottle. Genie, you had three wishes. That ain't how God operates. You can't just come at him any old kind of way. And if you think you know more than God, you already in trouble. You don't. I don't. One of the things I pray to God when I get up in the morning, God, I need you. Every second of every minute of every hour of every day, I need you. I never want to be left to my own devices because I know I can jack some stuff up. Don't look at me with your holy religious eyes. So can you. Not me. I'm the woman of God. You have me. You already in trouble. You in pride. Do y'all hear the word today? Come. And I'm going to tell you this part too. It's hard to follow if you don't completely understand the instructions. So you know what you do when I leave out of here? Even though I was the one who God used to share this message, I go back and listen to it again. Not because I'm like, you know, schizophrenic or absolutely minded, but because I don't hear, I heard, but I didn't hear everything he said. Neither did you. That's why we put it on 
YouTube. That's why we put it on, it's, it's running live on Facebook. That's why we put it on Periscope. That's why we put it on podcast. You ain't got an excuse. Lord, what are you doing in my land? Go back and listen to the tape. Lord, so-and-so over here says such and said, great. What did I tell you about? What does that have to do with your land? What's all for the whole land? That is not true. Go back and find out what your assignments are. Doug was in the military just like I was. Doug was served in one department of that military, but the things that they, even though it was the same military, they all had different assignments. Same agenda, different roles. So if this is a carpenter house and you a plumber, you in the wrong house. Our carpenter stuff will irritate the bejeebas out of you because you a plumber. Find out which way the ship is going and then get jump on the ship. So the bridegroom is saying, the bride is saying, come. The spirit of the Lord is saying, come. The father is saying, get ready. I need you out there doing, doing what I've called you to do. Why? Because the bridegroom and everything ready for the supper is already set. In Jesus' name. So if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you like to today, I mean, man, you found out, whoo, I thought I was saved, but I ain't saved. I've been playing games. I've been dating God. I've been one night standing. Man, right now, we're going we gonna, to, y'all going to get married. I know that ain't popular to say to some people. They say, I, why get married? All marriage is a piece of paper. According to man, that's what they said, but not according to God. God says that when you get married, you're in a covenant. You're in a covenant agreement with you, the person that you married, and God. So he, he says this, if you'd like to receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, it'd be the simplest thing you've ever done. All you have to do is simply what it is, the word said in Romans chapter 10, it says, whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or you might have been lived, you might have gave your life to the Lord, but man, you turn back around, you know you've been wilding out, doing your own thing, thinking you cool, acting like a fool. And guess what? Ain't, ain't nobody mad at you, because guess what he's gonna do? He gonna turn it around. All you gotta do is acknowledge the fact that you have an issue and he, Jesus is your solution. Say, man, I don't know about all that. I tell you what, if you're not quite sure, keep watching. Give us, give us 30 days. If you're not totally convinced in 30 days, man, cut this off. Don't ever cut it on no more. I know you're going to be convinced before those 30 days are up. So keep watching over 30 days, I guarantee. If you say, man, I am born again, but I ain't been living my life right. So what's going to make what you're talking about any different? Give me one year. Give us one year. I mean, for, for real, for real, one year. Not that like, I'm going to give you a year and then you hipping and dipping and slipping it and hip and uh, dining and one, mm, full one year. And if, if your life is not totally changing that year, man, don't cut me on no more. But I already know, not because of who I am, but because of whose I am, I know this word works. Because I remember, well, I don't remember, but I've heard people talk about that, that other guy I told you about, that, the joker who was trying to kill me. I've heard them talk about that other Jeffy. Who did that? Oh man, that joker was crazy. So God is saying, I'm going to do what God said. I'm going to give you the opportunity to come. So if you repeat this prayer after me, repeat it from pray it from your heart, mouth, mean it from your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe 
Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, save me now. I turn from my sin and I accept your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with that Holy Spirit and lead me in the way that I should go. Right now, and I'm saved, healed, delivered, made whole, set free on my way to heaven. And so glad about it. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or you rededicated your life back to the Lord, man, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God, back in right relationship, back in harmony with our heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. We're so happy and excited for you. Now, and as we, you heard us say earlier, getting born again is the step one. Now that you're born again like a brand new baby, you got to eat. You got to drink that milk. The milk of the word is going to help you to grow. Now, Ignite is a place where we teach the word of God in line upon line and practical ways so that you can apply it to your everyday life. So we want to invite you. Hey, if you don't have a church home, man, come and join us here at Ignite Depot. Uh, just simply register online at info at ignitedepot.com. That's info at ignitedepot.com. Or if you're out of the country or you're in another city and you're catching us on if you don't have a church home, man, just tune in with us again next week at 930. We'll be picking up where we're talking about how this word, the title of this message, which I completely forgot to give you, is things aren't always as they appear. Things aren't always as they appear. So with that being said, on behalf of Sister Joanne and myself and the entire Ignite Nation Brigade, we want to thank you for joining us here today. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.